if we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land, we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. Bob Fratz Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Hour number two underway now at eight minutes past 10 o'clock. Thank you for joining us on AM 1420. The answer. It's a Monday, the 31st and final morning of the month of August in the year of our Lord 2020. So glad to see another month in this horrible year go by. But it does bring us another day closer to hopefully a positive 2021. And that, of course, will happen on November 3rd when we reelect Donald Trump, president of the United States, and hopefully elect enough senators to take control of the, uh, excuse me, uh, House members, rather, uh, to take control of the House of Representatives as well as maintaining control of the upper chamber so that we can indeed continue to move America forward rather than into the horrific cesspool of violence it is becoming under Democrat leadership in Democrat cities. We do. We need more and more and more support for our conservative Republican causes. Otherwise, we are in very, very serious danger. All right, we're supposed to talk to um, uh, Dr. Ron Martinelli right now. We have not been able to make that connection, but I want to share with you something that he did say because we were going to be talking about uh, the Kenosha, Wisconsin shooting of Jacob Blake uh, by the police officers that led to so much of the violence going on right now uh, in Kenosha and in other places. And Dr. Ron uh, was asked on his appearance on OAM, that's One American News, about uh, the shooting of Jacob Blake. Uh, and he was also asked, in fact, this particular clip is about the aftermath of Jacob Blake, in which Kyle Rittenhouse, <clears throat> who is a 17-year-old from Illinois who drove to Kenosha uh, ostensibly to help some of the victims of some of the rioting going on in Kenosha. He was earlier in the day last week before he uh, ended up in a very violent situation, uh, was helping to cover over graffiti and trying to repair some of the damage that had been done by the rioters. But he also went and got a rifle and was going to stand guard and protect businesses that needed protecting from some of the uh, uh, some of the rioters and the violent violent people uh, uh, that had been carrying out these ter- terrible attacks for the previous three nights. And we all know the story of what happened then. Kyle Rittenhouse was involved in a shooting of his own. He was uh, essentially charged with murder for shooting three people, killing two of them, and injuring one. The question is, did he go out there to shoot and kill people, or was he attacked and defending himself? The answer to that question is unknown at this time. Do not know. um, Cannot make a definitive statement. 
but Dr. Ron Martinelli examined it from the lens, or through the lens, rather, of Wisconsin law. And this is important. All right, Dr. Ron, this is what you do. You watch videos from various angles of shootings. Your expertise is police-involved shootings, but the same things apply in this case. How do you, what do you make of what we saw here in the footage? Well, actually, Liz, I do a lot of civilian-involved uh, shootings as well. Uh, and the elements of uh, self-defense are fairly uh, similar between law enforcement and civilians. In order to use deadly force, a civilian has to have an objectively reasonable belief that he is being exposed or threatened by imminent jeopardy of serious bodily injury or death. And so throwing an object at close proximity to him, if that person believes that that object could cause serious bodily injury or could kill him, uh, if he uh, is confronted by a man with a pistol, certainly that person is demonstrating the potential for lethal force against him. If he is being attacked by multiple people, uh, chased down and attacked by multiple people, that's what we refer to as disparity of force. In other words, you know, two or three against one. Uh, that person could have a reasonable belief of serious bodily injury or death, obviously being hit. A large skateboard could certainly constitute serious bodily injury in the least. And under those circumstances, according to Wisconsin state statutes, that person could use deadly force. Uh, they also allow the threat to use deadly force. And uh, even though Wisconsin is a stand your ground, uh, juries are going to pay a lot of attention to whether this individual had an opportunity uh, to disengage or flee from the threat. We see evidence of that. Uh, the problem was is that he fell down and he was immediately attacked by numerous people, including two people with a weapon, one person with a gun and another person at close range with a skateboard. All right. So that was Dr. Ron Martinelli on... Um one American News and talking about Wisconsin law and whether or not one is allowed to defend himself. And again, I don't know how that story is going to play itself out. I am going to let the um, facts come in a little bit more before we jump to conclusions, which is what so many people in the news do. And so many people did on the Jacob Blake case as well, including uh, immediately declaring that he was just murdered in cold blood in broad daylight uh, for simply trying to get into his car peacefully and drive off with his children. Never mind the fact that he was wanted on a warrant that said, bring him in, no exceptions, because his warrant was for a violent felony for domestic abuse and for sexual assault. Uh, and the police officers, this is all, you know, this all, we found all of this out after because we waited for the facts to come in, or at least as many of them as we could before jumping to a conclusion the way those did who said the cops murdered him. And LeBron James, who said, uh, uh, we have to boycott basketball because of this. Um, the fact that police tried all kinds of non-lethal measures to take this man into custody, including tasing him not once, but twice. Yes, he was tased two different times, and he continued to ignore officers' orders. That's when you saw, of course, the video picking him up, walking around his car, and reaching into it for Lord only knows what. Police officer behind him was not waiting to find out if he was going to turn around with a gun, or if he was going to tur turn around with the knife that he admitted to having, or what it was. But that, is, of course, is where we stand. Now, the courts will play that out, too, and we'll see what the investigation reveals, and we'll, f we'll see what the um, uh, trial looks like. But what we do know is 
or at least we should know is that nothing that happened in that incident should have led to rioting in the streets of Kenosha, Wisconsin. Rioting that has been every bit as violent and deadly as what we have seen in Portland and in Seattle. And it is indefensible, especially in the, in the, through the lens of you know what LeBron James has said, is this is just an example of what it's like to be black in America, that we're being hunted, either by police or white people or white police. And it is absolutely insane. It is absolutely false. It has been proven to be fraudulent time and time and time again by all of the statistics. And it's not close. It's not even 50-50. It's, the, it's not like it's, well, you know, 51% of the time it's white people attacking and raping and robbing and assaulting and killing black people. And 49% of the time it's the other way around. No. No, 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 no. I gave you the Bureau of Justice statistics in hour number one. It's 90% of the time in interracial violence in America, meaning one race attacking a member of another race. 90% of the time, those attacks are black on white. Less than 10% of the time, those attacks are white people on black people. That's just the reality of it. So the racial the allegations of racism and systemic racism in America simply are false. Black people do not have a harder time staying alive in America than white people do because of white racism. If anything, it's because of the danger posed in their own communities. As Larry Elder pointed out last week, very clearly in response to LeBron James and his lie, The number one cause of preventable death for white males in America is accidents. The number one cause of death for black males in America is homicide by other blacks. And that's, you know, those are the facts. Those are the facts. They were the facts in the 2010s when Barack Obama was president in 2012, 2013. I gave you all those Bureau of uh, Justice statistics. They're the same facts in 2018 and 2019. I gave you those Bureau of Justice statistics. And yet we are told that this is a systemically racist nation and that's what black people have to fear the most. Let me share with you uh, another one um, with, with respect to the Kenosha story we were just telling you. Joy Reid on MSNBC has joined in with the liars on CNN and blaming Donald Trump for the violence in these democratic run cities where the urban populations are being allowed to go free to attack, to assault, to smash, to loot, to set fires, etc. They have been allowed to do this. And they're blaming Donald Trump for it all. Joy Reid said that armed white nationalists are mobbing these cities to take advantage of protests. Well, she's right to a degree. There are a lot of white people who are involved in this, but they are not white nationalists or white supremacists. They are Antifa marching and committing crimes. White, liberal Antifa committing crimes alongside their black BLM friends. 
But Joy Reid said, quote, let's be clear, Donald Trump is not going to Kenosha to calm the city or comfort the family of Jacob Blake or the families of Anthony Huber or Joseph Rosenbaum, the two young men shot to death by one of Trump's supporters. He's going to Kenosha to whip up more violence. Violence and mayhem perpetrated by people who support him, unleashed at night, and let's be clear, by white nationalist mobs, often against other young, uh, young white people in cities with few black people is his re-election strategy, period. These people, on and, uh, whether it's Chris Saliza and the crew on CNN, or in this case, Joy Reid on, on MSNBC, race bears no factor in this whatsoever because it's white liars and it's black liars, all proclaiming, as Baghdad Bob did, and quite frankly, as the Ministry of Information did in 1984, that up is down, that left is right. That black is white. That wrong is right. Literally declaring the opposite of what is going on. The riots have been going on in these cities, perpetrated by anti-American uh, um, anarchists in BLM, the Marxists who say they are organized by Marxism and devoted to and supportive of Marxism. These have been going on since late May when George Floyd died in police custody in Minneapolis. And now they want to sit here and tell us that what we have seen on the nightly news every night for 90 nights now, every single time has not been Black Lives Matter and Antifa randomly beating and kicking into unconsciousness random white people who are, who are out there and trying to protect their businesses. We haven't seen Antifa and Black Lives Matter committing all of these acts. We have seen, aha, white Trump supporters out there whipping up violence. Don't believe your own lying eyes, they want you to believe, they, they tell you. Believe us. Don't believe the, the, your, your, the, the video that you have seen. Believe us. It, it is incomprehensible. And guess what? The Democrats know it, which is why all of their fairy tales, all of their phony stories, all of their uh, 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 attempts to rewrite the news, all of their attempts to reframe the narrative are falling so flat with voters that Joe Biden now has been coerced into coming out of the bunker. Joe Biden has actually been convinced, I better get out there and say something about this because I'm losing middle America. Middle America doesn't like the violence. Middle America knows who's causing it. Middle America knows who has called for an end to it. Donald Trump and middle America knows who has enabled it. Liberal Democrat city mayors and Democrat nominee Joseph Biden. All right, we'll come right back. Let's get some phone calls going at 216-901-0945, on the Bob France Authority. All right, 1025, <clears throat> continuing on AM 1420 Answer. I want to share one more just piece of absurdity uh, before we go to the phones. <clears throat> Hopefully we can do that before the bottom of the hour here. But one more piece of absurdity as it pertains to all of the rioting and arson and looting and so on and so forth. Let's focus on the looting part of this right now. <laughs> you can't make this up. Um, California District Attorney uh, by the name of Diana Becton. Uh, first term Co uh, Costa County, I think it must be Contra Costa County District Attorney, uh, a far left 
uh, George Soros supported candidate for district attorney and then who won her election as district attorney has declared that police officers before they arrest and charge uh, looters with looting in these uh, violent uh, cases all throughout uh, California and I presume if she could she would probably say this about other states too but she's a California DA she said before charging these looters for what they're stealing Police have to consider whether or not the looters really needed that stolen property. Because if they really needed the stuff, you know, well, it should be okay to steal it. Um, not making that up. And, and just to illustrate again the absurdity, this particular leftist district attorney is the same district attorney who charged... Two people, a couple, who painted over the Marxist Black Lives Matter message on the street front, or on the street rather, in front of the Wakefield Taylor courthouse, charged them with a hate crime for painting over the Black Lives Matter mural. So in this DA's mind, in the left's mind, stealing is good as long as the thief needed what they stole, but painting over a propaganda message is a hate crime. I, 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 this is this is bizarre. Um, Contra Costa County District Attorney has a different take on how to apply justice. Rather than charging the looters with a felony, the Soros-funded DA is asking police officers to consider if they really needed the stolen merchandise. Did you need those 20 cartons of cigarettes you just stole from the convenience store? Why, yes, officer, I did. Okay, then we'll let you go with just a warning. Thanks. I mean, I, I want you to consider this for a moment. They're walking out of, high, particularly what they did in Chicago a couple of weeks ago. You remember the magnificent mile of some of the most high-end stores in the city and in America, quite frankly, talking about the Louis Vuitton stores and the Chanel stores and the Coach stores and the Massimo stores, and I don't even know what they all are. I don't shop at those places. I can't if I wanted to. But anyway, they're looting thousands and thousands of dollars worth of merchandise but the police should stop and say do you really need that 750 dollar handbag that you're stealing from uh, uh from uh the louis vuitton store okay as long as you really needed it and you didn't have another purse you could have gotten at the dollar store for less as long as you needed it that's okay and this is insane the reason i bring it up is because the only way not one way, but the only way to stop what is going on in Chicago, Seattle, uh, Portland, and on and on and on and on. The only way is to arrest all of these people all of the time and charge them as with the full extent of the law as much as you possibly can. That's the only way to do it. Because when you don't charge them, and when you let them loose without bail, there is no incentive for them to not do it and for others not to follow. And we can't charge them with a nation of liberal district attorneys who refuse to support the law. This Diana Becton is just one in a long list. Kim Fox, state's attorney, Cook County, Illinois. Another Soros-funded radical progressive working in the field of prosecution? Are you kidding me? She's the one who refuses to prosecute people committing these violent acts all throughout the city. But... 
wants to prosecute when other people defend themselves. This is the same woman, by the way, who dropped the Jesse Smollett hate crime hoax. With, with, despite all of the evidence being done by investigators in Chicago and federal, all of the investigations showing that he totally faked this entire thing, dropped the charges against him. Kim Gardner in St. Louis, the one who refused to charge anybody in the mob that tore down an iron gate and threatened to kill people in that St. Louis neighborhood, but then did charge the couple who stood out front saying, don't even think about it, holding their guns, which is completely within the bounds of the law. We have liberal district attorneys across this country telling criminals, carry on, telling victims, watch yourself, watch yourself. You go trying to protect yourself. You go trying to use self-defense of person or property, and it's your A. You're the one we're going to lock up. You look at it through that lens, and you realize how just, just how dangerous it would be to give these people control of the federal government on November 3rd. I'll be right back. Carry on my wayward son. There'll be peace when you are done. Lay your weary head to rest. Don't you cry no more. Well, one can hope, I guess, right? One can hope that there will be peace when we are done. We can't have peace until we have consequences. You understand that? There cannot be peace in these cities until there are consequences for those committing the violence. And we're not holding people accountable for that. Um, I'm going to share with you this clip from MSNBC from, I already told you about Joy Reid, enough of her. She was off on her show this weekend, and she was replaced by a person named... uh, Oh, let me find her name. Tiffany Cross. Tiffany D. Cross was the guest host on MSNBC for Joy Reid's show. Tiffany Cross felt the need to comment on the ethnicity and the race of a number of the speakers at the Republican National Convention. And admittedly, there were a lot of diverse speakers at the Republican National Convention. The overwhelming majority of them were not celebrities like the diverse crowd that you see at the Democrat National Convention and tweeting and commenting in support of Democrats on a regular basis. The celebrity crowd was largely absent from the RNC. Instead, these are real people doing real jobs in the real world. And they recognize who is supporting their efforts and who is not. They recognize that it's President Trump and the Democrat or the Republican Party and the conservative movement that has made life better for all of them. So this big long list of black speakers and Latino speakers and Indian speakers and in one case a Chinese speaker and so on and so forth, this big list of diverse regular people who support President Trump and his efforts, well, that was really offensive to the left. And MSNBC made sure that you know knew rather what they thought of them. So this is guest host Tiffany Cross sitting in for Joy Reid and stating, "Given the big display of diversity, the convention featured more than a dozen African American speakers alone. But don't be fooled. 
that the party of Trump has suddenly warmed to the same people Trump's policies and sometimes his rhetoric directly harms. As friend of the show, Ellie Mistal wrote so eloquently in The Nation, the Republicans invited a cadre of professional black friends to validate Donald Trump and make white people feel a little less racist while still very much supporting white supremacy. I mean, I watched the... Rep- Did you, before she continues, before this moron who I swear to you doesn't have two IQ points to rub together continues. Did you hear what she just said? If you're a Republican and a Trump supporter, you are a racist and a white supremacist. She said that out loud, quoting the friend uh, who wrote this for the nation and saying she said so eloquently that Trump supporters are racists and white supremacists. She said this on national TV. This is the, this is the party, and these are the people who are telling us we shouldn't stereotype because that's bigoted. At the very least, that's prejudiced. You do know what the word prejudice means, right? It comes from pre-judging someone based on their uh, affiliation with a particular group. Pre-judging all Trump supporters as being supporters of white supremacy. Despite this, this parade of people of deep diversity coming out in support of President Trump and the conservative movement. Republican convention and seeing the slew of black speakers that they had, it really did look like a modern day minstrel show to me. You did not misunderstand that. You didn't hear that incorrectly. What Tiffany D. Cross did on MSNBC, sitting in for Joy Reid, who would have said the very same thing herself, as would everybody and anybody else on that reprehensible network, just insulted every black person who appeared at the RNC, called them all puppets in a minstrel show. This is the view of racist Democrats. If you're a black American... You can't be for white Donald Trump. You can't be for the conservative movement. You can't be for the Republican Party. Or you are just a performer, a blackface performer. MSNBC, also known as MSDNC, Literally, along with CNN, the water carriers for the Democrat Party and the Democratic National Committee and the Joe Biden campaign, they just doubled and tripled and quadrupled down on what Joe Biden said, which is, if you don't vote for me, then you ain't really black. I mean, think about that. Think about you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump and you ain't black. If you're black, you're for me. You have to think that way. If you don't, you ain't really black. You're just what? You're just wearing the black face. You're just wearing the black skin. But you ain't really black. Because really black people wouldn't, wouldn't vote for Donald Trump. Really black people, real black people would only vote for me and Democrats like me. That's exactly what he said, and that's exactly what MSNBC just confirmed. The black people who showed up at the RNC to talk aren't really black. They have black face on. 
They're performers in a minstrel show. Have you ever heard anything as insulting toward a race of people as this? If you're black, you have to think like us, or you're really not black. You're fake black. You're wearing blackface, like the minstrels did during the minstrel shows. They're pretending to be black. You're not really black. Tiffany Cross and MSNBC just said the same thing that Joe Biden said. If you don't vote for Biden and the Democrats, you ain't really black. Joe Biden and Joe Biden said that two other times. What you all know, but most people don't know, unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. Unlike African-Americans, Latinos have diversity of thought. They have different attitudes toward different things. Black Americans all think alike. Again, have you ever seen anything so racist? Can you paint any group of people, any race of people, any more broadly and saying they're all this way? How can anybody say that and not be called a racist? Or at least someone who believes in the stereotype of black people. You remember later that same day, he was given an opportunity to go out and clean that up and walk that back. And instead, he doubled down. We can build a new administration that reflects the full diversity of our nation and the full diversity of Latino communities. Now, when I mean full diversity, unlike the African-American community and many other communities, <laughs> you're from everywhere, from Europe, from the tip of South America, all the way to our border in all, uh, Mexico and in, in the Caribbean. And different backgrounds, different, different ethnicities, but all Latinos. Unlike black people, you don't have, you know, black, they have, you have different backgrounds. If you're Latino, black people all have the same background. They all come from the same place, right? Deep in the heart of Africa, right, Joe? And they all think alike. And they all like Democrats, right, Joe? And if you are not one of those who believes that that, uh, black people are all alike, and if you are, God forbid, a black person who doesn't think like that, you're a fake black. You're a fake black wearing black face performing in a minstrel show to validate donald trump and make white people feel a little less racist while still very much supporting white supremacy i mean i watched the republican convention and seeing the slew of black speakers that they had it really did look like a modern day minstrel show to me a modern day minstrel show tell me again where racism lives Does racism live on Fox News or does racism live on MSNBC and on CNN and in the hearts and in the minds of liberal Democrats like Joe Biden who think that all black people are alike? All black people think the same way. And if they don't, then they ain't truly black. Go to the phones. 1047. We'll take uh, I'm going to do this one with a note of caution. And my caution should be shared by my caller who is up first, who's been sitting there for a while. The caution is this. 
Joe, don't come onto my airwaves and spew a bunch of lies and a bunch of screaming, a bunch of nonsense. If you want to have a reasonable and rational discussion, I'll take it until the, uh, until the rationality leaves the discussion. So a little note of caution for you, Joe in Bratnall on AM 1420, The Answer. Hello, Go ahead, Bob. Joe. Listen, now you said that Antifa and Black Lives Matter were responsible for the killings. Do you have any evidence for that? What do you mean? Which killings? Hello, Bob. Yes, hello, Joe. Joe, can you hear me? Hello, Bobby. Okay, somebody's got the board messed up. Joe can't hear me. Okay, now I can hear you. Now I can All hear right. you. Okay, now what killings are you referring to? Well, I'm talking about the, the general statement. Now, I do know, as far as killings are concerned, that a Boogaloo Boys member killed uh, a policeman in Oakland. And we know that uh, this young fella from uh, was from Illinois killed two people in uh, Kenosha. We right. know that, right? We know that we know. And listen, I'm going to tell you, I am absolutely opposed to violence of any kind from any quarter. I think it's wrong. I absolutely abhor it. I why, even why do you think that Joe Biden hasn't said those words, Joe? He has, and he has so repeatedly. No, he has not. No, he has not. No, he has not. He has been absolutely, don't don't lie, he has been absolutely derelict in this entire thing until Don Lemon, about a week and a half ago, went on their network and declared that Joe Biden is losing uh, people in the on the law and order front because focus groups and polling show uh, that people are absolutely against this. And suddenly Joe Biden starts talking, uh, t- speaking out against the violence. Okay. He still has proclaimed Portland to be mostly peaceful. He has okay. repeatedly claimed that what happened in Seattle, including the overtaking of an entire seven block radius of a of a major american city by anarchists which was allowed by democratic mayor uh, uh, jenny durkin jenna yes. um declared that that to be peaceful well, as well we why do you think that more. is we have to see i don't know that any of that's true i'm going to tell you whoa whoa whoa, whoa 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 what do you mean you don't know any of that's true it's on tape rating. Okay. it's on tape we we can get it we can get the tapes and i will listen to you but i will say this that 31% of America approves of President Trump right now. That's um, bad. You know what? I'll tell you what. You go ahead, believe that, Joe. Believe well, that between I now and November 3rd. Believe, believe that believe. until, okay, you believe that until November and can, 3rd, and then you call you me back. No, then you call me back on November 4th and scream road, into the sky like the rest of you liberal <laughs> jackasses do. Scream no, into the I'm sky. How could he win? How did he do it again? Thank you for the call. How did he, how did he do it? Oh, my God. No! You remember the, the liberal idiot in the cap and the glass? No! No! It's impossible! Hillary was winning! Do it again. Do it again for us on November 4th. There's nothing that fuels our patriotism more than your liberal tears. Ten fifty four. We continue final segment on AM fourteen twenty. The answer. <clears throat> 
An interesting Monday, to say the very least. Tomorrow on the program, I want you to know that we have Jim Jordan. We normally have Jordan on Mondays. I didn't even mention that to you. I was so wrapped up in our content today, I forgot to tell you. Jim Jordan was uh, busy this morning with an event in his district. I think he's in Wapakoneta, if I was told correctly. He'll be on with us tomorrow morning at 9.35, and then Pete Kersenow, of course, will be with us at 10.10 tomorrow morning. So make sure you are here for all of the analysis of those things. By the way, the statistics I quoted for you in the beginning of the show, as LeBron James and the NBA canceled their playoff games for the last few days because, quote, we're scared as black people in America, black men, black women, black kids, we are terrified. I had to respond to that in much the same way Larry Elder did, but even in more depth. I cited you the quotes, or the statistics, rather, uh, taken directly from the Department of Justice, taken directly from the Bureau of Justice, Justice Statistics, about interracial violent crime and about the number of white people who are victims of crime at the hands of black criminals versus the number of black people who are victimized at the hands of white criminals in America. Statistics kept by the DOJ every year. And I gave you quotes Statistics from the 2012-2013 years when Barack Obama and his Department of Justice were, I didn't want you to think anybody was cooking the books. So we gave you the numbers from the Obama years, and we gave you numbers from the Trump years. And they're all the same. If there is anybody that needs to be terrified in the United States of being violently assaulted or killed by somebody of another race, it isn't black people. It isn't black people. LeBron James is lying to you. So those statistics I gave you are on my Facebook page. If you're interested in reading them for yourself, France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio, France Radio is where you can find them on my Facebook page. Maury in Cleveland, you're on AM 1420, The Answer. Go ahead, Maury. Hey, can I get Joe's number? Because I'm starting a new uh, revolution, white lives don't matter. And maybe uh, he can help me sell some signs, white lives don't matter. Yeah, well, that's how some people feel, don't they? Yeah. Okay, goodbye. Oh, that's it? Okay, more thanks for the call. I thought you were going somewhere bigger with that. Okay, um, look, it's kind of important that you said that because I'll, it allows me to wrap the show with the story from Kent State over the weekend. If you didn't see the story from Kent State over the weekend, we had multiple media reports saying that offensive anti-black messages were painted on the rock you know this is a popular thing on many campuses high school and college painted on the rock um that kent state had to announce they are investigating these horribly offensive messages that were painted on the rock anti-black etc etc and we are anti-racism division of kent state university is all over this and we are doing everything we can to find the culprits because we are going to make sure that nobody can do this to make uh our black students feel unsafe etc etc right so you're thinking to yourself well what did they paint the n-word did they say you know death to black people or anything of, of of that kind of you know nature because if they did and i posted about this too I can pretty much promise you it's another hoax because they have done that at Oberlin College of a similar political ideology countless numbers of times. There's no way that on an uber-liberal campus like Kent State that some white kid went out there and painted the N-word and a bunch of negative stuff about black people on the rock at Kent State. No way. guarantee you it's a hoax. Then we found out what was painted. What was painted on the rock? Was the N-word there? No. 
death to black people? No. Somebody just painted White Lives Matter on the rock. They painted White Lives Matter. That was deemed to be offensive and threatening to black people, according to the Kent State Anti-Racism Department. Stating that White Lives Matter is offensive and threatening to black people which might lead a reasonable person to ask the question if the statement white lives matter is offensive to black people is it okay for the statement black lives matter to be offensive to white people and the answer to that would be racist you're a racist how dare you that's it that's how you're gonna have to chew on that for the next 22 hours we're back tomorrow at nine o'clock again jordan and kirsten i'll be with us and we look forward to hearing from you then thanks to josh running the show along with marcy thanks to you for listening we'll talk to you then have a great day bye-bye Enjoy the silence.